With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day, I'm James Baldwin and welcome to Oz F1. It's great to have your company and welcome to our first video podcast. If you're listening to this on the normal channels, you can head across to YouTube and watch our Heads for Radio discuss all things Sochi. That's right, we're in another recap episode, this time for the Russian Grand Prix. And in this episode, we'll go through team by team as we always do and recap the entire race. We'll also hear from Campy with some more ill-informed rants and and Tommy T's broadcast review. So let's get into it. I'm joined as always by my friends and yours, the two Thomases, Tommy T, Thomas and Jay Camp. Your faces are in front of me. Boys, oh. it's a pleasure to see you. Now that our faces are out in the internet Jeez. world, I'm not sure the people actually really want to see it, Jim. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, especially with that mug. Goodness me, that beard. Well, mate, to more credit, we can't even uh, we can't even go to hairdressers down here at the moment. We're locked in. So. No, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Well, even without the ability to go outside, Campy, uh, that beard is looking as magnificent as ever. And Tommy T, uh, I think you've recovered from your sleep deprivation from the Tuscan Grand Prix. You finally oh, yeah. had a couple of weeks. It was nice to have some time this off. It was a reasonable time. Yeah, it was nice to have some time off, to be honest, in two weeks. Uh, although it, was, it wasn't nice to go back to Russia, boys. It wasn't exactly the uh, the best Grand Prix in the world. Had some potential and uh, then it just turned into a bit of a nothing event. Event. No surprises well, there. Hence why all the commentators that are any good decided not to go to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> because that's been standard severe... since 2014. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. This was the C team. Oh, it's a shambles of a race. Yeah, look, it was, uh, it was a bit disappointing in terms of the broadcast, but Tommy T will come to that a little bit later on. Uh, boys, just your overall thoughts of the race. Uh, the first couple laps for me were very exciting. Uh, good to see Danny Ricardo getting up and then apparently he dropped back a couple of spots and we never saw why <laughs> that was. I think that's contractual. We have to look at a Mercedes doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Campy, what did you think? Uh, what are your overall views of, of the Russian Grand Prix? Yeah, it was pretty boring to be honest. Uh, not much going on really. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see Lewis get some penalties. Good to see him not win. Valtteri <laughs> yeah. um, yes. going to church after Tuscany uh, clearly proves that God does work and he is real. So <laughs> finally got that's, that win. That's the proof that we needed. There we go. Yeah, well, it's good enough for me. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so that was good. Uh, pretty boring again. Danny Rick, what a start. What a start. Mm. Got up in a third. Uh, Max, Max. Max he had a bit committed. of a struggle, didn't he? Well, into turn two, the first chicane, Max um, Max went really early on taking the shortcut and that ultimately is what allowed him to get past Danny Ricciardo again. Not that I ever got to see it. <laughs> um, I got 10 <laughs> yeah. minutes of commentary on trash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we didn't get to see that, so that was frustrating. It's good to see Danny Rick's uh, race pace on the hards come through. Uh, he stomped Ocon. Yeah, I think at, oh. at one point he's about eight seconds behind Ocon. By the end of the race, he was 17 seconds in front of him. So that's a 25, 26-second turnaround. Yeah, good. Yeah, the guy's a star, so that was good to see. I think he probably could have got fourth, but I think um, 
think the car setup on the softs ultimately compromised him mm. in that first stint, uh, which was a shame, and his tyres fell away. And when you drive like that in uh, qualifying, no wonder his tyres were in worse shape than his teammates. So. Yes, very <laughs> yeah. true. Tommy T, what are your overall thoughts of the race? Yeah, good to see uh, Danny doing well early, but disappointing that he couldn't finish it off really. But mm. it was it was kind of the only really interesting part was trying to see how people were slotting in, seeing if the overtake, if the undertake was working. But once that all the juggled out, it was the nothing. Overcut. <laughs> the overcut. The overcut. Jeez. This was the early race too. <laughs> but that, once that all shuffled out, there wasn't really much left, was there? That was kind of what we're all waiting around lap 20-ish for all that shuffling to happen, see if people could kind of get ahead of Lewis, but no one really could. No. They pitted early enough for him and he kind of just sailed back to the top. I thought Kvyat would have made a bit of a charge at the end, but it never really eventuated. It just couldn't get past Ocon. No, I think he he looked at going through in that off-camber corner towards the uh, the end of the track there and he almost made a lunge, but I thought he probably thought better of it instead of wrecking the car. Come Although, on, to be I honest, that, I would have enjoyed seeing that. I think that Renault was just pretty slippery. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's it's uh, well. Let's talk about Renault a little bit later, and, and Danny yep. Ricardo, and and uh, also just to catch up on your comments from last time, Campy, about uh, potentially his move to McLaren not being the best. I've got some thoughts on that, but there's some other stuff going around in the paddock before we get into the race recap, boys. Uh, we've had the new CEO of Formula One announced, uh, Stefano Domenicali, who is funnily enough ex Ferrari, uh, is a taking. Prerequisite. It has to be prerequisite. <laughs> if you're anywhere near the FIA or there anything to do with Formula One, John Todd, Ross Braun, now Domenicali, you need to have worked for Ferrari at some point. But he is leaving Lamborghini as the uh, CEO and coming across. Boys, uh, I actually think Chase Carey's done a great job so far. It has been an absolute mess of a year for him. A, he's got some great facial hair, so that's good from you, Campy. Uh, B, yep. f- personally, I think having someone who has had nothing really to do with the sport in the past is a good thing because, as I said on the phone to Campy a little bit earlier, you're not bowing to pressure of certain people or any yeah. personalities. It, it is whatever you want to do or Ferrari. whatever you decide, except for Ferrari. But, I mean, again, he's sort of come into that space and gone, well, you know, this is what it is, guys. And so there's been a bit of backwards and forwards. I don't know if Domenicali is going to be able to do that. I mean, there's been a couple of people out there saying the opposite. Christian Horner's saying that, uh, you know, Formula One did not fear any Ferrari favoritism from him because of uh, the, the integrity that he has. Uh, Renault, Cyril Abutable says that uh, he knows how to support team manufacturers that are coming in from, from Lamborghini. But boys, do you think this is a really good decision for Formula One to go with another Ferrari person? Campy, what do you think? Uh, look, my only issue with it is I would have thought six months ago in the last nine months that uh, – that Toto was the man for the job. And mm. all, this, all the talks that we started having in the media in the last nine months would suggest that that is probably what was going to happen. Uh, ultimately, Ferrari came out and v- said we would have vetoed that decision. <laughs> so there's ridiculous. a bit of... Really? Yeah, ridiculous. It's this, we hear this story in Formula 1 all the time. In saying that, if Toto says that Domenicali and his uh, integrity is above reproach and his heart for the sport, is fine. You get guys like Horner saying it's a good decision. Then if mm. it's good enough for Toto, it's good enough for me. Yeah. I still don't yeah. like the fact that 
it's a prerequisite that you have to be from <laughs> Ferrari. But yeah. I think Toto did a uh, interview with Natalie over the weekend and he put all that stuff to bed. So that may be him just telling the party line, but I think ultimately Toto will end up in that position at some stage. Yeah. Um, and I can see why they want um, people stepping into these decisions to be out of the sport from a racing capacity for the last two years. Yeah. And it's good to keep a bit of integrity, but I don't think if it's good enough, like Toto is the sort of guy, we've seen how that he runs that organisation from a distance. He's always straight up in the media. He's honest. He's not someone whose integrity is even a question. He would have done a probably better job, but it is what it is. We'll move on. Wish him all the best. Hope this Mr. Domenicali does a good job. And, of course, Chase Carey is hanging out uh, on the board still as an non-executive chairman. Uh, Tommy T, I think he's done a pretty good job in terms of steering Formula 1 into where it's supposed to be and obviously having to push back new regulations by year as well. Uh, It it seems a bit of almost like a suck eggs for him, though, and and people aren't maybe giving him the credit that he deserves. Yeah, it's kind of like he just got a, a little test run. And he wasn't really going to keep it, even if he did really well, unfortunately. Mm. I don't think he was ever going to be long for that job. I think he did a good job. We got some interesting kind of changes. New regulations look like they're going to be good, whether that was fully him, but I don't know. Lots of new races, new he, calendar. He's, you can't really fault it, really. He's it's done a stellar job this year. Stellar yeah. job. Oh, I this mean, year especially is ridiculously tough. Where we were at, come to Melbourne. And that fiasco to where yes. we are now. Yes, I, your to get seventeen races, that guy's a superstar, and good on him. He's been good for our sport. Yep. Uh, along with Claire Williams, he's welcome to join the Oz F1 guys anytime. for a chat and a beer anytime. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about Lewis Hamilton's penalty and uh, Danny Rick's penalty as well before we go through the full race recap. Uh, Campy, can you explain to us exactly what was going on? Because it wasn't all that clear until really at the end of the race we knew what happened. Oh, I think it was abundantly clear. Every at every <laughs> race track it is too. Whether, whether the track is clockwise or anti-clockwise, you get a track like the US anti-clockwise, you do your practice starts on the left-hand side of the end of the pitch straight. So on the clockwise ones, you always do it on the right-hand side. On this particular track, um, you know, you've got a red light at the end of the pit lane, which um, which says whether the track's open or not. Now, yep. there's normally a space to the right-hand side of that, depending on anti-clockwise or clockwise. Um, to pull off to the side and do your practice start from there. Now, Sochi had that, um, like every other track, but uh, the difference between this pit exit and everywhere else is there's about a 250-metre gap Mm. from where the pit exit actually starts and finishes to where they actually Mm. enter the racetrack. So, And there's a small right-hand kink to it. So Lewis decided that he'd go up past the right-hand kink onto the extreme side of the course and do a start from there. And I would suggest that, that was real clear. I mean, Lewis came out afterwards to say that, oh, I've done starts like that everywhere else, but that's... that's A million bullshit. times, apparently. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. You could see why it was dangerous because we saw the two cars that came out in front of Lewis before he yeah. did mm. one of the starts, and they would have been going 250K an hour. Mm. Yeah. So you can see why it was an issue, and you could see the the potential that it has to cause, an, uh, cause a drama. Um, now, the FIA gets this stuff right. I honestly think that... Mercedes and Lewis stuffed it up mm. for whatever reason um, and should just take the penalty and cop it on the chin. 
Yeah, it was a bit of an interesting Because he moment. didn't just do it once, he did it twice. No, and it was a bit of an interesting moment, wasn't he, when he was told about the penalty over the radio. Uh, he threw his toys out of the cot completely and uh, poor Bono, again, copped it in on the chin and just sort of got on with it. But... In as terms he should. Of, as he should, absolutely. But in terms of, of what the issue was at the time, uh, Lewis was under the impression that he was allowed to do it. So the reason he didn't is because where everyone else had done it in the entire weekend, including him up to that point, uh, was so well rubbered in, he thought, well, that's not going to be indicative of what an actual start is going to be. So the reason he got a sporting penalty in terms of those two five-second penalties is because he actually gained an advantage over these other drivers, including Valtteri Bottas and everyone else, because he had more of a what a simulated start would be like. You think, God, like, dude, you're so good at starts. You don't, like, come on. This is not what you need to work on. Max Verstappen, someone who probably needs to work on his starts a little bit. But Lewis mm. has always been all over it. I think it was a silly waste of of his penalty points uh, initially and now obviously not anymore, but 10 seconds. It's literally race changing. And then he, uh, he yeah. had his head down and uh, he didn't lift his chin up again for the rest of the race, Tommy T. In terms of his radio calls, uh, you were having a field day on the messages. Well, how close were we getting for James to come on and tell him to shut up? <laughs> right, and that was pretty close. Yeah, very close. It's I don't know. We we saw later, and we'll talk about it. But Danny Rick on the radio after mm. something, and I just messaged you guys straight away. I was like, "That's how you radio message. Just straight away. Yep, hand yep. up, stuffed up, move on. None of this yelling and swearing and carrying on and sooking like." Yep. And it wasn't just the first incident. Lewis kept going and kept going and kept going and complaining about being pulled into early and all these kind of things. The only thing that would be frustrating for Lewis and the team would be the that hanging over your head into the race. If they hadn't made that decision from the start and they could have started strategizing, but they were kind of a couple of laps in when it came across that he had to do a 10-second stop and he just wanted to do it at the end. I've only been watching Formula 1 for two years and I already know that you have to serve that if you've got a pit stop coming. Yeah. Like, so how does Lewis not know that? So The guy carry, carry on. He carries on like a whinging two-year-old at times and this is why people think he's a dickhead. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. Yeah. And then he comes out after the race and says, oh, they're trying to stop me. So <laughs> get fucked, dude. Seriously, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Mate, you are a god behind a driving wheel. And if you want to see some, like, I, we're, we're all, um, we all congratulate him because the guy's a star behind a car. Yeah, he is. And, and a driving yeah. wheel. We have never questioned that, how good he is. I mean, if you guys, the fans, just go on YouTube, Turkey 2000 and two or something, uh, GP2 race. Yes. That he came back, he dropped back to 18th and then came back to get second for the race and drove through the field. The guy is a superstar. We're not doubting that. But his carry on afterwards, just this is why people think he's a a dick and he carries on and he's playing a game at the moment. And, look, he'll probably go down as one of the best, the the greatest of all times results-wise. But as for a human being, mate, the bloke just carries on like a Muppet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's certainly been interesting to see uh, a lot of your reactions as well. If you listen to the podcast and you've reached out to us, I think you share similar thoughts. And again, all we're talking about is his attitude behind the wheel. Sometimes a lot of people have said that it doesn't deserve all this attention, but when you're the leader of the sport, and you're out yeah. the front and you're smashing it. Like, yeah, okay, you get a hard day, but dude, you're leading the world championship and you're driving a Mercedes. It's not 
It's not a bad day out, really, well, when you think about it. No, none of the other 19 carry on this way, so. Yeah. Mm, Except yeah. for Roman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talking about people uh, other 18. having a crack, uh, people on the internet, Valtteri Bottas uh, relived uh, oh. when we last saw him, Tommy T, his yeah. Melbourne 2019 message to people who were doubting him, to who it may concern, F you, basically. Uh, he he was he, That Come has been on. building for a long time. Uh, this is the Valtteri Bottas that we have been missing for the last five races to be really putting it to to Lewis and uh, and just putting it up there. I was so happy when Lewis got those penalty points. I was I sorry with that penalty time penalty. Rather, I just wanted him to be out in the field. Just lead it. Go Valtteri. You deserve it. You know, Max drove the absolute wheels off as well, but Valtteri just needed that lift. I think. Yeah. And there are a lot of doubters for this guy. And. You know, when you're comparing him to Lewis Hamilton, it's incredibly diff- difficult to to see, well, who's better, who's not, when really on the day they're very, very equal, but Lewis just always see- somehow ends up either getting the better strategy call uh, or just a better start. Tommy T, uh, y- you were pretty happy with him winning the race. I love VB, but I've been harsh on him this year, mm. and I think it is. Uh, I, I said this in the week leading up. I was like, I want him to go so hard into that first turn, knowing he likes Russia, knowing that he's done well at this racetrack. But this is what we wanted to see. Make an aggressive move. In in previous races, I would say on the first lap, he has been more timid than he, than he should be. He needs to be a bit more aggressive. I said to Campy today that Bottas almost needs to bin his car one week to be that aggressive, just to show people that he's not afraid to go for that lunge. Because I think people almost feel like he's going to always yield. Mm. He needs to kind of... Unfortunately, maybe just do something to go, I'm going to throw it in here. Don't underestimate me. I will put this on the edge and I will make you give me room. So full credit to him. He made a great move uh, into turn two and then Max had no chance. He he was just steadily pacing. I don't think Max got within even eyeball of him pretty much the whole race. So full credit, great race from him. Yeah, I'm really happy to see him. Campy, you happy to see cool. VB putting, no. uh, putting it to him? <laughs> Mate, this is Valtteri's chance. This championship is not over. We've got seven races left and anything could happen. Uh, I know, well, Lewis could potentially miss a race if he stuffs up some more, but they gave him back his two super license points after after he complained and whinged. But, yeah, yeah. Valtteri, this is his chance to uh, – this is his chance. I'm telling you, he's got to come out in public and make a statement about Lewis Hamilton being a hypocrite. You know, he sells – Sells this global warming stuff, and and he shouldn't eat meat to save the environment while he's driving on his boats. This is his time to get under his skin and start to shit stir a bit, and that'll piss Lewis off. We we can see what sort of mood <laughs> Lewis is in at the moment. Yeah, and he Just will call ultimately up Rosberg and ask for some tips. Hey, yeah. mate, he, mate, he needs to throw that dagger in right now and start calling calling Lewis on some of his bullshit publicly. Mm. No, his missus had a little crack. Yeah, I know about his missus had a little crack. Yep. She's a star. With, Australian, you know, that's big why. Fan. From uh, South yeah. Australia, I mean, we won't hold that Love. against her, but everything else about her is, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> uh, it's been in Victoria at the moment. But, um, <laughs> but this is where he needs to start doing that and getting under Lewis's skin because yeah, you totally. never know. All it takes is for Lewis to have a DNF or crash into someone, him and Max go toe-to-toe and it's all over. Valtteri comes in, swoops, gets a race, and then he's in within 10, 15 points and then anything can happen. And uh, I think this is his chance. He's got to take it now and go for it. And I, I hope he does. I hope he – because Lewis is he's moody at the moment. So this is your chance <laughs> to get in there and stick it to him. Had a bit of luck. Yep. 
yeah, he had a bit of luck, but I think he was always going to win, being on that medium tyre and Lewis stuffing it in qualifying as well. So I'll just come on, Valtteri, bring it home, son. Bring it home for the boys. Yeah. Deny Lewis of being well, the greatest of all time. That would make next year very interesting as well mm-hmm. if Lewis didn't win this year. Yeah. Oh, one can only hope. I mean, that is that's the magic right Dream there. And, scenario. And, correct. And we've also said, you know, because of Tiffany, his uh, his girlfriend, he's now like the Russell Crowe of <laughs> of Formula One. He's the adopted Australian uh, for the time <laughs> yeah. being, and so we're we're behind him from this side. But uh, the real Australian, and obviously the massive superstar of the grid, Daniel Ricciardo, uh, guys, he showed a masterclass in terms of how to drive a Formula One car, but also how to react to very bad news. I mean, he handled it better than I did <laughs> and, Campy. When, and Campy when he got his penalty points. Yeah. Uh, but uh, tell you what, he is just the absolute consummate professional. Oh, big fan. That is exactly how you handle it. Took responsibility. It probably was somewhat an Ocon's car placement genuinely that made him have to take such a stupid angle into yep. that turn and then beach himself almost across those sausage curves. But hand out, he was like, yep, I'll get over it. I'll make sure that there's a gap. I'll head down. Let's do the work. Like I'll draw. No blame on anyone else. Exactly. What a fucking legend. (laughs) Genuinely, it's exactly what you want. Yeah, he he. But he just he shows that, doesn't he? Although, and this is what annoys me about that whole situation. Yes, Ocon's car was poorly placed, and whether or not it was Renault who didn't tell Ocon in enough time, or Ocon just made a last minute decision to to sort of force Danny that wide, the team could have prevented that. I mean, and not that it mattered in the end, and it washed out that that Danny was a lot faster uh, than the car behind him, but. This is classic Renault, is it not? We just keep seeing it time and time again in terms of their strategy, in terms of telling people to pass or not. Like McLaren, masterclass. You look at Carlos and Lando in the couple of races where they've needed to... to, Not this week. uh, (laughs) Oh, whoa, bam, not good. Um, But in terms of switching, it's it's good. But this time around... Just yeah, I'm look. I'm going to blame Renault and I'm going to blame Ocon. Uh, I'm also going to blame the stewards because yes, it's in the race director's notes, but quite obviously the guy wasn't gaining an advantage on the track. He was no. being let pass by his teammate. Use your discretion, people. Yeah, yeah, a bit ridiculous. Okay, yeah. well let's look. These guys do a, the stewards and the race director do a good job when we don't know they're there. <laughs> yeah, and that for me, that penalty for cutting those corners, like, I don't like it. I get why they hand it down. I get why Danny Rick copped it on the chin, but it's just inconsistent and stupid. They only do it for the race. I mean, imagine if they had to penalise Hamilton for doing the same thing and disregarding his lap in qualifying, and then he wouldn't have even got through to Q1. I mean, that would have made for a good race too. I just want some consistency, and I don't see any. Well, just Um, on that, that corner, can you honestly tell me that not mounting the sausage curves and then just re-entering the track normally is less dangerous than going through those stupid polystyrene things next to a wall. Examples, Carlos Sainz. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. That. What they had to do to go through that, obviously it's designed to make you slow down, but they're not slowing down. They're trying to hit that thing as fast as they could. We look, saw look Max at, go through uh, at a decent speed on one of them. We saw Ryan right just go through it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's a good attempt. He's a, oh, fuck it. <laughs> This is, my English ex- this is a lot of my English exams in high school. Oh, good try. <laughs> <laughs> but genuinely, I think that was more dangerous than like maybe 
an unsafe re-entry to the to the track. Yeah, shout like, out to Dave Munners here. He's just like, look, let's just put some gravel there. You know, you yeah. really don't want to force them off that part. Well, that'll gravel. slow them down. There's no need for size concrete freaking wall. <laughs> yeah, that'll stop them. Can't be likes walls. Yeah, but I mean, you look you look at Danny Rick though in terms it. of what he did. <laughs> That, you know, it sort of ejects the car into the sky. Like, it's like repels the planet. That's how much yeah. sort of bump that you get. So there's no advantage. Anyway, whatever. It's a ridiculous yeah. corner. Rush is a ridiculous yeah. track. If uh, the FIA <laughs> would just like to delete it from the calendar for next year, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Tommy T, this was probably the one of the only races in my life that I wanted to switch off halfway through because of uh, the broadcast. Yep. I think it's about time <laughs> that uh, you maybe share your thoughts about the, re- the actual well, broadcast. Great segment, Tommy. Great segment. <laughs> this is, this is the- this is why we have this segment this week. Do we have like a little video sting to go with this one? I think we need one. Yeah, I think we need... We've got an uh, audio sting, but we, we need a video one too. Campy Hawaiian dancing, I think, is, yes. is where that I needs think to be. Like, <laughs> just across the bottom of the screen. <laughs> Uh, so, for those of you who know, I'm very big into the NBA, and this is NBA playoffs. So, I was kind of preoccupied, and when I found out that we had Karoon doing majority of the uh, colour commentary, I was out. Oh, I uh, watched bare minimum. I jumped off the qualifying and pretty much muted it, and then I jumped on for the race and didn't watch much pre-race. Um, we didn't get a flyover. It was just very subpar. We had lots of fans, but they kind of still didn't do a lot of the extra things that we're used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. For what the about that Russian national anthem? Yeah, that was... <laughs> yeah, we should mention that. That was incredible. Overwhelming. Big thumbs up. If we were going to rank the anthems, it's up there, eh? Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> Kvyat needs oh. to get on the podium. And Lisa yeah. Just for that. Yeah, just for that. And then, just then quickly, 20 ex-KGB officers arrive on the podium oh to sing it for him. How good would that be? <laughs> oh, that was a, that was a visual thing. Like, what yeah. am I yeah. looking at here? It looks like a Cold yeah. War movie. Well, those government no, officials, have, they look scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do have two points from the race that – because that's what I watched. We had Crofty singing stuck in the middle for some reason. <laughs> I have no idea. I can't remember the incident, but he thought it was appropriate to sing it and – Karoon kind of let him do it. And then we had Crofty with a ghastly pass on Kimi Raikkonen where he's been waiting to do this all year apparently and he said that is the true alpha male. Uh, <laughs> Crofty's getting worse week to week. We have genuinely. to talk about this. I like I, look, it. I, yeah, I love you, it when older, guys, older guys getting seen on just says what he <laughs> what he's thinking. Just <laughs> he's not could not old. care less about <laughs> anything else. <laughs> but when oh, it's old enough it's to be claiming senile anyway. <laughs> when it's your job, you need to bloody do it better. Like honestly, this I feel like we're constantly picking up the scraps. I've had this conversation with a few people. If you've reached out via Instagram, uh, Mikey White, uh, you and I spoke about Legend. this today. Just saying, you know, just, yes, some diehards will have to be staying up to watch the race late, but even if you're catching this up on KO later or whatever, the scraps that we pick up from Sky are horrific and just not even relevant to what we're watching. And the same in the US. I know you guys pick up through ESPN the same issues that we've got. When you're watching the scrap at the back for 14th, 15th and 16th because they're three Brits, I get that. If you're watching in the UK, 
UK. Down here, don't care. Give me Danny Ricardo and actually explain why he dropped behind Max Verstappen <laughs> and, and Ocon on the first lap. Didn't see that at all. Still as, don't as know why. Still don't know. 24 no, hours no. after the race. He probably ran wide somewhere, but that's just us guessing. But in terms of the actual quality of that broadcast, it was terrible. Like just the whole oh. weekend was shocking. We all we heard about the Nurburgring. Uh, sorry, sorry, heard about the 24-hour Le Mans. Not Nurburgring. That's where we're going next uh, fortnight. Uh, but with Paul DeResta, thank goodness he wasn't there. So we was just <laughs> going, well, look at me. I won the LMP2. I know, just fantastic. Anthony Davidson had to cop not winning. And poor Croft, well, Crofty was just having a crack at him. And he was like, okay, yeah, I'm just still really tired Thanks. from <laughs> the race. And I'm still here at work. Uh, but the overall vibe was just terrible. Commentary oh. was really substandard. He, Crofty kept getting things wrong. Karun just felt like he had to, like me, fill space sometimes with noise. Oh. And it just, Did you just compare yourself to Karun? <laughs> I do call you the Karun of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so do the fans. We all make mistakes. <laughs> I don't mind Karun. He's, he's, yeah. he's good in small doses. Yeah. But you're right. As it's a commentary, just too much. Right. It yeah. was just Shut like, up. oh, let me just, I just need to talk about this now and let me finish this point. Like they, Crofty would go off on a tangent about, you know, Stroll's sister. And then he'd be like, oh, let me just finish my point. It's like, don't finish your point. He's moved the it best, on for a reason. The best part was yeah. mum happened to catch the start before the race and she's like, that guy's pants are extremely tight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are correct. Tommy oh. T's mum's got it going on. Uh, that's <laughs> she's out, not wrong. 10 out of 10 for Tommy T's mum's <laughs> review oh. of that Moment. What's his well, score? Well, What's his score for the broadcast for oh, this week? Zero. One if you're lucky. <laughs> if we're lucky. Uh, if you Genuinely if terrible. you think if you think we're wrong and that we missed some sort of highlights, please let us know. But I think you're probably Ooh, wrong. Yeah. Email the reserve drivers. <laughs> Don't email us. No, because that podcast won't come out for another three weeks. Uh, all right, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about the races we oh, always do, boys. Good. Yeah, but it just obviously takes a lot of editing for them to shove that all together because it's always yeah. about 14 days too late. Uh, it's about as fast as the SF1000. That's how fast they're. <laughs> Uh, let's I talk. think they'd like that joke. Yeah, probably. <laughs> think, let's talk about the race. In terms of each of the teams, as we do each uh, recap episode, uh, and this time we're going to talk about Williams at the back. Uh, George Russell had a pretty good outing in terms of qualifying this time around, but uh, he didn't finish all that uh, high up the grid, 18th in Latifi, after just showing how good a driver he is by putting his car into the wall. Uh, it, not in the race, obviously, but he finished 16th. Uh, Tommy T, your thoughts on Williams for the weekend? Latifi kind of had his number in the race. Mm. I don't know if there was something else, but George couldn't get past. Mm. Like he was sitting behind him at a steady kind of margin to get close again and then maybe overheat from following too close or whatever. But genuinely impressed by Latifi uh, after that crash, obviously, which was <laughs> very funny when he came over the radio five seconds later <laughs> after he crashed. <laughs> Yeah, I've crashed. <laughs> Just thanks, mate. We're pretty yeah, aware. Cheers. I've crashed, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but can't help uh, it. Was you mentioned before quickly that uh, three Brit wide battle? Yeah, George had some moments, but that was kind of it for him, and then he just. But you know what? He literally finished last after oh, the two retirements. He did. I think we've. Sorry, you go. No, I was going to say, you know what? He should not have been in that fight. He's fighting Why a McLaren were the other two fighting with him? And a Williams. So good. Like, honestly, props to you, George. You are going to go a hell of a long way, my man. And you're an incredible driver. You are keeping those guys at bay. And it also shows that Williams has made a couple of steps in the right direction. But No, I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go. Okay. When he gets in a real car, he's going to look disappointing. Ah. Huh. Well, I think, some chinks in, I think we've seen some yeah. chinks in his armor. Go on. 
Tell the us. three times he has raced wheel to wheel this year, he's binned it. Mm. Or shit the bed somehow. <laughs> Terrible race car, he's, what do you reckon? He can't be. He's not used to it. I mean, he hasn't had much opportunity in the 20 or 35 races that he's done so far, but I think we've seen He's racing the legend with one hand, like, genuinely. Yeah, last year. yeah. I'm, legend, we love Robert. <laughs> yes. But at yeah. least you remembered his name that, this time. <laughs> <laughs> did this time. Yes. So we love Robert. Hey. I, was at, was I remember, remember Sergey Sorotkin drove for Williams this weekend. I was like, oh, yeah, he was a driver. That's just random. I couldn't think of his name for the last two years. Sergey. He beat Lance Stroll too, didn't he? He did. Yep. Yeah. Did he? Yep. But he's. I don't know but about that. You're impressed. I don't know about. I don't know about all the hype. There's a lot of George hype. Yeah. And I well, think I'm it's going to kind of it'll prove mm. me wrong. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd like it to be right, but genuinely, I don't know. We've seen I other people know. in that Williams mm. actually kind of get close to podiums. It's not the same Williams, but. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder if we should have seen at least a bloody point from the guy in two years. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. He very yeah, close last weekend. On. Very, very close. Right, two bits of beat him last year. He did. He did. Yeah, Let's talk about Haas. And uh, I also want to mention about uh, these next two teams, Alfa Romeo, as well. That these neither of these four seats are confirmed for twenty twenty one. Might be a good point, Tom Camp, to talk about uh, Schumacher. And his little little, uh, run in F2 because we were a bit doubting. It's like Valerie Wattas and us. uh, We're happy to be proved wrong because uh, all our facts are made up, obviously. But uh, (laughs) Schumacher is actually coming to the party a bit campy in terms of his potential for, I reckon he's going to go to Alfa Romeo next year. Well, everyone said at the start of the year, you've got to make strides in your first year. You've got to. Put it on the line and show people that you can beat. After we left the Austria doubleheader, he had zero points and was well behind and wasn't performing very well. What a turnaround it has been. Yeah. In uh, Mugello, he took over the lead of the World Championship in F2 mm-hmm. with a couple of races left, uh, two or three, I can't remember. This weekend came out, romped home in race one for a, uh, for a win and in race two, Got second or third mm. in him? Was it third? No, he was third. So he's consolidated his his, uh, his points lead in that F two championship. I bet. But consistency's been his big thing. Like he hasn't yeah. had wins, mm. but he's been consistent. Yeah, it's kind of what we're seeing from Max this year is kind of a a comparison. Max hasn't won a lot, but he's been always up the top, yep. getting a lot of points. Yeah, so we'll see him in F one next year or the year after. I still think give him. Don't rush him in. There's no need to rush him in at the moment. Tell Give that him to another the promoters. year. Yeah, I know. Give him another year. Um, I'd like to see him next to Kimmy, though. I reckon that'd be interesting. But I think that's also good for his development, right? If he if he sits in, like I agree with you, I I think, and I said this last podcast, I think we're we're pushing these young people too early into seats that uh, older people, and I'm talking like 24, 25, 26, uh, going. Oh, Kimmy old, get out! Not Kimmy old, who was <laughs> yeah. like a hundred. He was there at the first race <laughs> in F one, and he'll be there in the last one F one race. Um, but he gets to learn, right? Whereas if you send yeah. him in Haas next to who uh, we don't even know yet, but even K Mag or Grosjean, he's not going to learn uh, anywhere nearly as quickly. In we'll which case, it, he would be collecting a lot of data, but it would be better for him to stay Fair in F two and that thing. So I honestly think he, for him, and if the F one is the right path for him, it needs to be in Alfa Romeo, as you say, Tommy T with with Kimi. Um, I don't know if I, if I was that, him, I wouldn't want to be in F two next year with Oscar coming. Oscar coming up, he's going to bloody take your crown, mate. But different academy, Renault versus Ferrari academy. Yeah. So you know, I think yeah, Oscar's going to win the F two championship. Mate. Yeah, he's absolutely. Gonna he's going to make you like a clown. Yeah, good. 
Good. Well, mate, I'm here for that. Oscar Piastri can win that. everything and then he can come into Formula One and win the title after yes. that. Oh, that's probably that's not how that works. Uh, Is Mick Schumacher the nail in Giovinazzi's career then? Yeah, it has to be. It has to be. Look, we've spoken Very about well. Giovinazzi Haven't very little. Um, well, I just don't think, you know, it, it's very hard to ignore that this is a Schumacher, right? Uh, and even Ralph Schumacher, Ooh, yeah. is, his son is in the championship as well and he's, he's doing well. He'll end up probably in, in F1 eventually as well. But Mick Schumacher, you know, it's Michael Schumacher's son. He drove the car last week, uh, the last fortnight in um, Mugello, just seeing oh. that F- 2004, if I can get that out. Uh, that was fantastic. It was probably my favourite part of that whole weekend. Um, but... You can't, as like a team like Alfa Romeo, struggling at the back, they need a bit of love and attention, right? Mm. So they need that kind of sponsorship through through that. Yep. But let's talk about Haas because uh, i tell you what, K-Mag and Groshon actually had a pretty good outing. K-Mag sp- specifically, uh, he ended up in 12th, uh, which uh, is ahead of a Ferrari in that of Sebastian Vettel. So <sighs> fair play to him. Uh, he had a stellar start. He's had stellar starts all season. Yeah. Uh, made up a ton of places. Um, and it, it helps when you're at the back of the grid because you know where to put the car when other people are crashing into each other in front of you. Um, but in terms of the attitude of the team and where we see them going, uh, Grosjean is making noises that he's leaving next year. I don't know if you picked that up in any of the press conferences, but he's sort of uh, analysing his future and he I don't think he sees himself in Formula 1. Campy... Where, who's going to collect the data at the back of the pack for Haas? Who knows? It'll be Sergio and Hulkenberg, I reckon. I reckon Magnussen's gone too. Yeah. Although I'll be taken. I'd be. I don't. Look, we rag on Grosjean. He's an easy target and he's French, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't actually. I don't mind him. And I'm probably. I think that way because of his time at Lotus when he was consistently scoring podiums yep. in that Red Bull era. Yep. In that Red Bull era. Um, I think the guy can drive. Do I think he's going to get a top drive? Absolutely not. He should, you know, get out of us. He doesn't want to be racing back there. That no. team, because of the Ferrari motor, is a shambles at the moment. They seem to have made some gains this year and improved on where they were uh, this time last year. But unfortunately for them, they got that Ferrari motor in the back of it and it's a shambles. Uh, so... And because of the results, public opinion does have some sway in this sport at times. Magnussen and Grosjean, you've just got to get rid of them. Gene Haas has been good to them to keep them yeah. this long, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. Um, but with drivers like Checo Perez, Hulkenberg on the table, who deserve drives, who have been consistently good performers throughout the years. Yeah. I'm looking at Grosjean and Magnussen going, I'm getting rid of both of you and bringing these two in. And they have the race together before as teammates yeah. as well. Yeah. So, True. Um, and both bring fan bases, which is kind of good for the American team, to be honest. I think yeah. those two that you mentioned, Hulkenberg and Perez, will bring a fan base that the American supporters will like and want to root for, yeah. whereas Grosjean and K-Mag are a bit anonymous and kind of quiet. They're not really, I don't know, American fans are going to get behind them. And yeah. there's part of it that's like, even if they haven't done anything that wrong, just the shambles that's been, they need a shake-up of some kind. The culture has just dipped. So you know I like NBA, but there's a kind of culture that if you come into a losing team, you kind of remain a loser because you just have this kind of era of loser around. Whereas if you kind of change it up, shake things up, bring in new blood, bring in new things, you kind of can shake that off and do something different. I think at the moment, unless they make a change, it's just going to stay the same. I don't think they're going to be able to shake that kind of thing off their back of – 
we're harsh and we're a bit rubbish and we kind of make mistakes. It's interesting. Yeah. Next year's going to be a drag too. Yeah. You know, oh. we're, we're gearing ourselves up for a, a new set of regs next year, big driver changes in the market. It hasn't really turned out the way it should have been because of this, because you know, mm. of COVID. Mm. So next year's going to be a Haas lot of the same. Team. Yeah, totally. I, I loved Haas. I thought they were really interesting. I thought this was going to be awesome. I'm a secret American, kind of like heavy. Love secret it. American. There it is. <laughs> there it is. But I kind of like. I kind of like the idea of. Not I, like, I like. I still like the idea of us, but the execution is just horrible. And I think they need to be a bit more ruthless and go. Yeah. Sorry, these aren't the two faces that we need for this team. We need something that we can get fans behind and that actually going to get some results and not just crash into each other. Yeah, and that's the yeah. thing. Like they just won't ever shake that, will they? That that you know we've all. And Grosjean as well. As much as, you know, last in the Mugello, he ended up not crashing twice, which was phenomenal. Well, he crashed kind of once and then managed to get out of the gravel. But, yeah, it just needs a refresh. And uh, Gunter deserves that too. He deserves two drivers uh, who will get on well together and do what they're told, but also value add to the team. I just don't think we've got that. And and I think you're right in in terms of seeing at least their performance uh, on camera off track. uh, They're just not... All together with it, whereas Hulk and, and Sergio, and Sergio especially oh. at the moment, just really showing his worth. Um, yep. I really hope Seb manages to prove his worth next year. Otherwise, that would have been an incredibly wrong call. All right, Alfa Romeo, Kimi, superstar Kimi. Uh, he came in 14th this, this weekend. Um, he qualified last again, the second time this year. It's like the, Did he sleep in or something? Ah, oh, it's just this it's car. Like it just, I want him to stay next year because I want Kimmy to stay in the sport, but I don't want him to stay next year in a terrible car. Campy, yep. what do you think about Kimmy staying? I mean, I would like to see. I him want back him Ferrari. to stay, but I want him to stay. But with that Ferrari motor, it's going to be more of the same this year, for next year. Yeah, mm. uh, there's no changes in the regs, small changes. Um, they'll be. The bigger changes will come in 2022. Yeah, yeah, I don't want him to see him driving at the back. And Can he wait that long? And that's that's the real question. Yeah. I mean, then it's another couple of years. And Look, the fire's still in his belly. still drives extremely well. You see some of the wheel-to-wheel racing that he puts pressure on the other drivers who are trying to pass him in faster cars. Mm. Guy's still got it, so keep him oh. around, I think. But mm. I, I don't want to see him there. He's not just making up the numbers in F1. He's a way better driver than Giovinazzi. Oh. He's a good measuring stick for everybody else. Yep. And if Mick Schumacher gets that drive, then, you know, Kimmy, who better to be a measuring stick for Mick Schumacher and see if he's got oh, what it takes? Yeah. I mean, yep. you still got to give these young kids, you know, a year in the sport. I mean, look how shit Lance Stroll was the first year in his Williams. He was nowhere. Yep. But given that time to become better and get used to the systems and the cars – I mean, I still don't think he's a great driver, but he's improved to a point where he's consistently competitive enough mm-hmm. um, and he meets minimum standards that are required and gets the odd result. So Mick Schumacher, yeah, look, who knows what happens, but we just haven't seen a lot from them this year. It's been pretty mediocre and underperforming. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not their fault. It's because of Ferrari. Yeah. So. They're just the other alpha now, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. 
Well, let's yeah. let's talk about uh, the other alpha, Alpha Tauri. Uh, Kvyat was uh, primed to to have a stonking race. Uh, he almost did right at the very end, last lap uh, up on Ocon in the inside. Uh, didn't decide to send it though, but he finished in eighth. Gasly finishing in ninth. Uh, geez, it might have fallen though since uh, Monza. Yeah. It's, uh, a lot of that. Is, Campy's going to say, "Told you." So. Yeah, there you go, Campy. You're you're ready, and Told you're right. Give you that. Kvyat looked really good in qualifying, really good. Didn't get a lap in Q2, which was a shame mm. because of the whole uh, red flag, that, that whole fiasco. Um, but Kvyat, since since Gasly's had that win, Kvyat's you know beaten him straight up twice in a row. I mean, for Kvyat, he got the benefit of starting eleventh, tight choice, good mm-hmm. strategy played into his hand a bit. But um, yeah, I still don't, still don't. He rate. still drove well. I don't rate either of them no, particularly yeah. highly. I still think they're C-grade drivers Yeah, uh, for me. Uh, but it was good to see Kvyat. I predicted he'd have a good result on that tyres. Unfortunately, uh, I just think that Renault was too slippery in the straight line, which, yep. which you know, the reason why the Alpha Terry was quick because it had a tiny bit more downforce for those medium to low-speed corners and high-speed corners, which helped them get their pace up. But once you get stuck behind a, a car with the characteristics of the Renault, it was tough to um, it was tough to, to chase him down and get in the right, right place on the racetrack where he needed to be. Yeah. But uh, yep. otherwise, he would have passed Ocon and he would have passed that Ferrari pretty easily, I think. Uh, but that's a shame. Uh, and he had a long time to do it, a lot fresher tyres. But mm. circumstances sometimes, I mean, he could have finished yeah. sixth, really. Yeah. And that would yeah. have been a stonking result. And uh, totally. I mean, I was, yeah, anyway. Yeah, they had a good weekend, though. Good. Double points finish for a team like that. It's good. Yeah, it is good. Uh, it was certainly better than the last time out for the, yeah. for them. Uh, McLaren did not have a good time out, though, did they? Tommy T, uh, that little uh, chicane, great. Carlos is like, yo, I'm going to come through, and he Mario carted himself into the wall. <laughs> Carlos has had a very average season. And yeah. No, he hasn't. I genuinely think <laughs> he's going to be better than his season next year. Yeah, he doesn't care. Right. He's already got a C signed for Ferrari. He's like, whatever, it doesn't matter, right? He doesn't and care. It's not so much average for his part, but just unlucky. He's had some very unlucky results. He's had a couple of DNFs. He's had some mechanical things. He's had a shocking year in that respect. Yep. And it's not going to get better. Out-qualified. He's out-qualified Lando in the last five races. He's stepped up. Yeah. Felt some pressure but, early on. I'm not saying any, anything against Carlos. It's more just like he's been very unlucky and it's just not great. Like this, I don't know what he was supposed to do there. Like because that we saw he was trying to go through that probably too fast. Yep. Yeah. But this is an opening lap and that's what everyone's doing. Everyone's If you slowed there, he'd be back. He'd be back at the grid, which is, I don't know. Like well, we saw Lando had got squeezed all the way to the back of the grid and yeah. uh, almost collected Carlos as Carlos went totally. through the wall. That was, yeah. So if you, if you not understand what we said, so this is going through turn two. If you go over the sausage curbs, you have to re-enter the track through these polystyrene blocks. Bollards. Bollards. Which is basically just what your bloody laptop comes in. <laughs> it's the polystyrene left over and they painted it with some orange and then stuck it in the ground. But basically it shoots you towards this sticking out bit of metal uh, concrete barrier, and that's what Carlos's yep. front left hit, and he's just ricocheted onto the front of the track. So Carlos committed way too much speed going yeah, through those bollards. Yeah, without and you can the, understand why he didn't have the right angle. It's not like nah. 
it's not like Max. Max had clear view to line that up. Mm-hmm. I could see what Carlos was trying to do, but then when he got there, he's like, oh, oh shit, I don't have the room. I thought I had. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But poor, poor dude, like, just, just unlucky. He's been in just tough situations. Yep. We know Carlos is a good driver, and I, I do hope he does well. And if I was going to pick my choice of future Ferrari drivers, I'd be back in Carlos. I think he's a much more consistent. Yep. Guy, we said that last year that he was the most improved yeah. and in the best of the rest, driving wise. Yeah. Uh, Lando though didn't have a great time out fifteenth. Uh, McLaren playing around at the back of the grid. If we've talked about it before, why was he playing at the back? Yeah, it's, get on with uh, it. And people who were talking about Danny Rick going to McLaren, going, "Oh, this is not a good move potentially with where McLaren is." That's only playing yeah. into your hands in terms of an argument. Yeah. So they de- he did have to pit early. And for, he literally sat on his tyres for, I think it was 45 of the 53 laps. 48. Cards. Yeah, 48. Yeah, yeah whatever come it was. It was ridiculous. Game. Like, I, I don't know what they thought. He, You could see in the last kind of 10 laps of the race, he was just falling off and Albon sailed past him, who was his kind of direct comparison once all of that chaos had settled. But Albon ended up in 10th, yeah. which is – and he was sitting back at, Isn't it? I think, 18th. 16th. Yep, 18th yeah, or 16th yep. for a while. With a couple of laps – with kind of maybe 10 laps to go. Mm. So just a bad strategy, I think, for him. Not that he drove terribly. I think just that strategy was never going to get him anything, to be honest. It, look, they got, he got compromised because yep. of the science crash. He got shuffled right back when he to the back of the pack because he took avoiding action – um, he got a puncture in his tyres for running over the debris from Carlos, um, which sucked as well. They put him on that hard tyre and it just didn't even have the pace to get past the Williams. Hence why he's, he's in that battle where he's trying to pass, where it was him, Albon and uh, George Russell. And that ultimately stuffed this race. Now, mm. I don't think you've got to try something in that position. You can't not, yeah. uh, unfortunately. Yeah, totally. They probably should have got points, but what else do you do? They tried something, so I don't mind that. Mm. But... um. Yeah, I think that midfield is really close at the moment. Uh, yeah. There's there's a good, you know, two two and a half, three tenths can be the difference between starting P four, P five, all the way back to P eleven, P twelve, and yeah. and Carl uh, and sorry for Lando, he's been you know a tenth and a half, two tenths slower than signs, and that's ultimately affected his his results in the last you know, four to five weeks as well. So he needs to he needs to step up a bit, I think. Let's talk about Ferrari and Charlotte Claire put Lando well sorry, put Lando, put uh, Lance Stroll right out, which means my fantasy team turbo oh. driver was really working against Perhaps. me from corner like three. And uh he was also <laughs> complaining that Charles didn't get a penalty. It's like mate racing incident, just get over it. But um Charles actually you know, did pretty well. I don't like to say that. Came in sixth. But I want to talk about Seb first. Uh, Tommy T, his little accident. Not sure if you saw that um, in qualifying where he uh, he's a, the Ferrari strategist. He's a track marshal. He's a Ferrari <laughs> driver. He's everything. He cleaned up after himself. What a gentleman. Love that. I think Star. he was more worried that people were going to figure out the error and they just didn't want any secrets getting <laughs> What secrets? Oh, yeah, you don't want a terribly slow car. All right, I'll just nah, get this didn't for you. want a marshal keeping that as a bloody souvenir. Uh, <laughs> he's like, no, nah, it's valuable. We need to keep that. I'm going to take that with me next year to Aston. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's not getting paid. Yeah, he's getting he pennies in the dollar next year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a bit of a nothing. He kind of hit the inside of that and then just spun. Just put put it millimetres into the wrong part of the track and just slipped. Yeah, he hit that orange curve, didn't he? Which you don't want to put anything on. It's like in Indy and yeah. uh, Fernando Alonso putting that front left on that little bit of concrete, just completely unsettled yeah. the car. Yeah. Totally. 
But I've got a conspiracy theory about it. Of course you do. Please, Campy, well, share it. We all know there's a bit of fuckery afoot at that Ferrari at the moment. <laughs> he says as oh. the room gets darker, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to turn some lights on? This is just going to be just his face coming out. No, please go on. Have you got that tin for Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I use it as a no, reflector. Look, I, I, think, I think Seb crashed deliberately so he could get a whole new chassis because Ooh. clearly the one he's got, there's something fundamentally wrong with it, which would this suggest... This is already second chassis. Yeah, good. He's just going through them, coughing them money. <laughs> Fuck you, Ferrari. I hate you. <laughs> He's just ripping through money, is what you're saying. He's just sabotaging. Which is not surprising uh, for a conspiracy theory from yeah. Thomas Camp. Unfortunately, we can see a face again. I just love the conspiracy <laughs> theory as everything gets a lot darker. Yeah. I am the Senate kind of vibe coming from the darkness. Uh, but Charlotte Claire. Uh, unfortunately, as I said, uh, had a not too bad of a race. Um, shout out to John Smallcombe if you're listening. Uh, he got in touch and said, uh, you know, he's impressed by Charles. And uh, look, I can be a little bit impressed with him considering how he drove for a car that was pretty terrible, uh, considering Albon was intense. So got lucky on strategy. He too. did, absolutely. And that plays into a lot of it, doesn't it? As, as always with him, he doesn't always deserve yep. to be there. It's just kind of opportunistic in a lot of ways. He still sucks. <laughs> still your whipping boy. Uh, racing point, Sergio Perez finishing fourth. Really happy for him uh, this weekend because he's still yeah, he's, he's further away, mind you, from getting upgrades again because Lance Stroll put the bloody car into the wall. Uh, clearly the yeah. current aero package is working pretty well for him, though. Uh, well, he's ahead of Stroll on points now, isn't yep. he? So he should get the next time. He should get priority. He yeah. should get priority. Yeah. And he's yeah. way faster. It has been for two years. Yeah, so. yeah well, it has been for his You'd entire career. you think he'd career. get priority, yeah drive for next year it's anyway. Funny that but he was behind on points when he didn't do two races. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable. Weird. I love the fact that he came out and romped at home in qualifying and got a great result in great the race. Qualifying. Yes, he didn't get a great start, but he recouped. There was some solid pace in that car. Yep. Yep. He's given Otmer and Lawrence Stroll the two big fingers, the big yeah. old... Fuck you, boys. <laughs> I reckon he's oh. just making his campaign for that Red Bull seat. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. He, I reckon he's going there. He Genuinely, has to go there. Has I, I to, think doesn't he? He's going to be such a good second driver to Max, I think. Yeah. But, that would be such a good But team. he's also not even showing that he has to be necessarily a second driver. He's just yeah. another great driver who can rear gun. And when there's an issue with the other car, he's just like, here you go, here I am, I'm romping. And, yeah. you know, he's in the racing yeah. point. He's not as fast as a Red Bull. And there's yeah. been some tracks like, you know, Belgium wasn't really great for them. But most of the other time, he's putting that car exactly where it needs to be and just stopped a lot of overtake. Yeah making moves uh, coming yep. to three as well. We know he's good on tyres too. He does really well with alternate strategies, those kind of things. He's just going to be the perfect kind of complementary piece to that Red Bull team where oh, Max is outstanding. But sometimes something's going to happen. Max has had a couple of DNFs and a few mechanical things. Perez would be there instantly to get some points. Yep. Probably get on the podium. So which Albon has been nowhere near doing. <laughs> Campy. Oh, I think I've been critical of of Perez, particularly last year. I put him in that, you know, BC. This year, with the car underneath him, he's performed really, really well. Yep. Got some solid results um, and been consistently up there, beating Stroll, which is not hard to do. It probably suggests that there's a bit more in that car than, what's, than what they're putting on track at the moment. But um, 
I just hope he gets a good drive. Yeah. Because he got that – I've said before, he got that drive with McLaren early on. It was too just early. too young to rush yeah. him yep. By the end of the year, Jensen Button was like, this kid is fast, but McLaren mm. went another direction. I hope he gets that chance next year in a Red Bull. Well, yep. I really do. Yep. Um, and Red It'd Bull would be – It'd be sad to see him go to a lower team than oh, Racing Point, yeah. wouldn't it? It was like the guy deserves the guy deserves after his so performance this year and throughout his whole career really. Uh, I've changed my mind on him. I'm, I'm a yeah. big fan of him now that he's an underdog and he's been treated like shit yeah. publicly, and yeah. no one can give you a straight answer on it. We just get the yorble. Ah, uh, there's contract. There's contract. <laughs> there's a contract. It's just like oh my growth. Bloody spawn, you muppet. Everyone knows what's going on. Just come out and be honest about yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, this guy's dad owns the team, so it's got a bit of sway. And we're like, oh, good, now it's on public record, so we know. Yeah. I don't think Lance Stroll has any respect with the other drivers because he never should have got a drive in F1 when he did in the first place. No. Yes, he's performed. Yes, he's consistent. Meets his minimum standard. But I'd hate to be that guy on the grid rocking up every week knowing mm. that the whole world thinks you're a bit of a knob. Well, that would suck. I mean, oh, well, you go through it every day. Yeah, yeah, on the <laughs> Love it. Love it. Love it. And obviously, <laughs> Stroll didn't finish uh, this race again. And just, it just, it's just petulance, honestly. I'm not a, not a fan of how he's acting on camera at the moment. Does he even show emotion? No, I don't think so. He's a robot from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> He's a robot. Uh, let's talk about Renault. Uh, we'll talk about our superstar in just a moment. But uh, Ocon, fair play to him, actually got a pretty decent start and was uh, head of right, Max Verstappen at one point. Um, but for the rest of the time, not okay. Campy, go. Yeah, I think it was car set up. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, car set up. Ocon's car was set up to perform really well on the first stint, and we saw how much quicker Danny Rick was on the hards. Uh, he did get a good start, but then again, I don't know how he got past Daniel Ricciardo, so we can't even make <laughs> comments on it. Uh, I would suggest that Max and Danny Rick were going toe-to-toe, and Max got his elbows out and compromised Danny Rick's exit somewhere, which enabled Ocon to get in front. But, uh, yeah, look, he's rubbish, I think. He needs to go. If I'm Renault, I'm seriously looking at my investment in Ocon this year and going, it hasn't panned out the way we wanted it. And if they had some balls for Alpine, they'd just throw up his contract and bring Hulk back in next year. Good pronunciation Hulk and Alonso. Of <laughs> yeah. What? Alpine. I missed it. Not Alpine. It's Alpine. Look at you. Alpine, yeah. That's great. I was thinking of you when I said oh, it. Oh, thanks. I don't know how to feel about that. But you're right. Hey. It's a new device. I think of James too. <laughs> oh, this, is turning, this is turning the wrong direction. Uh, Campy, really good point. Hulk. Hulk yeah. back to Renault. Like, yeah. alongside Alonso, that would be really Hulk, good. And he deserves Ocon it. Hasn't, Ocon has... Proved this year that he does not belong in F1, in my opinion. No, nothing. I think oh, you can. I'm very that's the Oz F1 opinion. That's the uh, that's the royal way. No, I think that's everyone's opinion. Oh, yeah, it's everyone's opinion. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't want to fight Max Verstappen, which would have been the best thing ever. <laughs> Brazil. <laughs> and Max called him a pussy. Yeah, it was so great. And just watching, watching Kimmy and Lewis sitting next to him in the press conference, both smirking. Especially like, Kimmy was like. <laughs> You've learned well, my power. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Yeah, yeah. So great. Uh, Danny Ricciardo, let's talk about our superstar. As we spoke, spoke about a little <sighs> bit earlier in terms of the penalty that he was served, he just got on with the job, didn't he? And uh, it didn't matter in the end anyway because he was over 10 seconds away from Charles Leclerc. 
The guy, look, I just want to bring this up here. A couple of people have reached out and said, uh, look, I'm concerned that Danny Rick has made the wrong decision again, leaving a team like Red Bull going to Renault and then they fell away from 2018 to 19. 2018, they were strong. 2019, they were rubbish. 2020, they're strong again. And I've got to say, I think it's because of how Danny Rick has structured that team. We've spoken about Schumacher a lot and Ferrari and and how he built that up. And yes, they sort of did a fluke of a car and that's why they won for such a long time. But the reason why they're doing so much better this year in my mind is because of Danny Rick's influence and so yes that'll continue for next year but McLaren will benefit from that for 2021 and really it's 2022 where we're looking for world title Ricardo so a year potentially in that sort of third fourth fifth sixth spot fine so be it as far as I'm concerned because Alpine or, or Renault won't necessarily have that momentum that McLaren has right now they certainly don't have the leadership and they won't have Danny Ricardo. so that's my two cents on that uh, Campy what do you think in terms of that yeah I think you said everything you need to say I think I think either way I've got a feeling about Danny Rick at the end of his career whether he moves to Renault moves to McLaren either way he will win a world championship or he won't I mean, I don't think that decision is is a bad decision. Uh, I think McLaren are on an upward trajectory yep. Yep. one year with that Mercedes engine in it next year. But I am nervous. I get it. I said this last yeah. podcast. I do get it, and it's the first time I said it out loud. Um, Renault have got some genuine, like they've got some past results which make them a good, good, good team to drive for. Uh, they just need to put it together. We saw what they did when they... Uh, in 05 and 06 when they knocked Ferrari off their pedestal with Fernando Alonso and then we saw the engine that they provided Red Bull mm. uh, from, you know, 2008 or whatever it was through to 2015. But, you know, Red, I mean, Renault has a strong history in this sport and they're a good team. be ironic that if Fernando Alonso came back and had that world champion winning car that he's been looking for ever since he left them. Um Either yeah. way, I just think Danny Rick is a superstar. Yeah. He's performing. I, look, he's getting the results this year, but I still think he outdrove that car to the same yeah. level that he is now. Last year, yep. he's getting accolades because he's getting results. That yep. guy is a bona fide superstar. Totally. I mean, people are saying he's driving better than he has in his whole career. I just think he's that good. He's yeah. that consistent performer, and he's in the same realms of your Max Verstappens and Lewis Hamiltons. Yep. Um, he's he's in the top three drivers on the grid at the moment, and yeah. uh, hopefully he can get into a car next year, which is somewhat competitive. But we're really looking for twenty twenty two when he marks that world championship year, gets into McLaren with a good Mercedes in it. They get the jump on everybody else. They get some design features right. Yeah, bang, come to Melbourne, wins his home race twenty twenty two, and Ooh. away we go to a world championship. That's what we want, and that'll solidify his spot in the sport. Yeah. for the next decade. I just think that if there's a spectrum of Ferrari to Mercedes is the two pillars of the other side. I think Renault's more of a Ferrari culture-wise. I think they're a bit of a hodgepodge. Is a bit of, like, Cyril is very emotional and crazy. He does some weird stuff. I don't think there's the structure that you want which is going to win world titles, which is the more Mercedes style of structure of a team and very professional, very slick, which is McLaren. And I think they're more on that spectrum, which I think throw a fun Danny Ricardo in there. He's the most professional guy at the right time, but he's also fun. So I think McLaren's going to be the perfect spot for him. We know that they love having fun over there, but they're also super serious when they need to. I think Seidel is going to be great for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And Danny yeah, Rick's always be a great locked team. him too. Yeah, totally. Danny Rick came out and said, that's why I went to the team because Andre yeah. signed Wow, so. I think that pairing is going to be amazing. Mm. And McLaren's getting serious. They've, they've had enough of being not back at the top. It's been too long. They know yeah. that they should be at the top of this sport. They've got enough money to do it. And I think they're really committed to doing that with young Lando and Danny Ricciardo, who they know is one of the best drivers on the grid still. Yep. And I think if you look at the conversations that are coming out politically, oh, sorry, with hindsight of the past, I mean, Zach Brown has always wanted Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo said, I want Andreas Seidel. So Zach Brown went out and got him and bought him in. And, you know, I think um, I think that speaks – speaks to why McLaren chased Danny Rick so hard and yep. why he ultimately took it. He's been showing a bit of love. Um, so. As he should. I'm excited still. Yeah, I'm excited oh, as well. Yeah, I, I think I get, but I am a bit I get the concern. Yeah, I get, I get the concern, but it's Danny Rick. He's he's going to make it work. Yeah. Like Everyone was watching nah. Renault, including us last year, going, oh, what happened? Whereas this year's like, whoa, actually Renault's doing well. So a year can make a hell of a difference. Let's talk about Red Bull. And uh, firstly, of Max Verstappen drove the absolute wheels off that bloody car. He really didn't deserve to be in second, as in the car, but he deserved to be in second. Uh, another superstar driver, he had a cracking, quality lap as well. Even he said he had one of the best laps of his, his career. Yeah, he's good. He's awesome. He's awesome. We know that we love Lovely. it. It's clearly your uh, tattoo. Actually, you can show us your Max Verstappen yeah, tattoo, tattoo now. now. <laughs> oh, God, you don't want to throw it all out there day one. <laughs> it's for another video I'm sure podcast. people are looking at me going, Jesus, he actually looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> that is grim. That is grim. You know, yeah. Have you got your Alpha Tauri trench coat back there or is that him? Oh, it's, in the, it's in the cupboard behind him, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> what have I got? If I move my camera slightly that way, you can see a red hat under there. <laughs> Yeah. That's your Ferrari hat, got, isn't it? We've got me Ampeg, you know, here we've got some, got some records. We're, this is the worst edition good. of MTV Kids I've ever seen. <laughs> no, you should see me smash pad, it's awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> it descends. It descends so, so quickly. Oh, that's why people come here. A bit of good banter. Max is stabbing with Don't take yourselves too Maxie seriously. Maxie would love that. Uh, love you, Pad. To be honest, and all of the yeah. Melbourne bitters that are in your fridge. Maybe not as Can't much as Dave. talk about Albon. Come on. Yeah, come Let's on. Go. Talk, talk to us Unleash. about Albon. What else do I need to say? He was that far off the pace again this weekend. Kudos for Red Bull for showing him some love and keeping him around and, you know, committing to him for the whole year. I think that's what they should have done. But it comes to a point in an organisation that is a high-achieving organisation like Red Bull where they have to make some hard decisions and there's no way they're going to take him into next year. It's just not going to happen. Gasly didn't qualify this bad. Yeah, I know. Albon's qualifying is horrible. Yeah, but Gasly's was as bad... Yeah, sorry, Gasly was Gasly's was just as bad as as Albon's. The the difference between the two is that Albon has shown that he can pass cars on track, whereas yeah. Gasly didn't. Yeah. In hindsight, they probably should I think they should have given Gasly the whole year, mm. but it wasn't a bad decision at the time. It's clear that they're trying to they're taking a different tact. Um yeah. with with Albon and Gasly. So, a bit more nurturing, I think, this time. Yeah, absolutely. Not so tough handed. We know what Dietrich Massachusetts is like. He's pretty. I mean, you guys can go and look up the media about his HR department. Yeah. And he's just sacked in the US at the yeah. moment. He's. I mean, Dietrich's a no bullshit kind of guy. And I, I really do think that God, he just has to. He's not performing. Um, but where do you put him? Uh, yeah. 
He's not bad a, enough to kick out of the sport, that's for sure. But well, they got to make not a tough decision. I think they got to make a tough decision. I think Albon will ultimately end up in Formula E, where he's destined for anyway. Mm. Had, a, had a two or three year affair with Formula One, and uh, away you go. Mm. It's a shame, uh, but I, I just Red Bull have to take Hulk or Perez. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk was the Hulk was the flavour of the week six weeks ago when he got his couple of races. Yeah. Um, Perez is probably the flavour of the week at the moment because he doesn't have a drive and he's but been either yeah. are bloody outstanding and uh, will get absolutely some, also get something for you in those spots. Also, something that I've just realised in terms of Red Bull too, they lose their Aston Martin sponsorship, don't they? Next year, quite obviously, yep. and Sergio's yep. Telcel uh, money that comes in for sponsorship might be very yep. uh, much needed. Uh, well, not necessarily needed, well, of but course. Appreciate it. Huge, huge for South American marketing. Yes. Huge. Yeah, huge. I mean, they've all got somebody to cheer for, and we forget how popular the guy actually yep. is. Yep. Um, I went back and listened to the Beyond the Grid podcast with Checo in there, and I was like, "Jeez, you know, we I have a different view of him in Australia because we don't hear a lot about yeah. him." Uh, but he's much loved. He's a character. Every, you know, I think it'd be a no-brainer for Red Bull taking yeah. more Hulk, and I hope it happens. Otherwise, totally. uh, either way, they'll end up in. Passed together, I think. Yeah, and it's mm. it's definitely a business decision. It's uh, it's easy to forget about that when it comes to Formula One. Okay, let's talk yeah. about uh, the business at the front end, uh, Mercedes, and obviously Valtteri Bottas managing to win. Lewis throwing his toys out of the cot, but he still got third. Like the guy was still on the podium, uh, wasn't all lost considering he sat still for ten seconds and didn't do anything. Do you think that was because his team had a good strategy and pitted him when they Ooh, did? Maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe nah, surely not. They have no idea. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, go on, Tommy. Talk, talk, talk to us about Lewis. It was the abundantly sulk. clear that they should have pitted him when they pitted him because they were making sure that he didn't get uh, snaked by the Renaults. Mm. They nailed it. He came out in front. The Renaults pitted afterwards, and lo and behold, they were behind. He just slowly made his way up as everyone else started pitting. He didn't even have to overtake anyone. He just stayed in position once they'd pitted him and just rode it to the end of the race. They nailed that strategy. After that, you could not have asked for a better way to handle that 10-second penalty. Yep. Like, perfect. And that's why Mercedes get paid the big bucks. Yep. I don't mind I don't mind a driver pushing him his te- pushing him his team so hard that he gets the best results. But at some point, Lewis needs to relax and go, my team has my best interest at heart. They're not trying to shaft me like the <laughs> FIA are. Um, <laughs> you know, my teams generally know what they're doing and they can see things that I can't yeah. have some faith. But he just carries on, yeah, yeah. And when he carries on, it just oh, mate, I don't don't want to start me a bit. Look, he's just a muppet. He's just an absolute feel for Bono because Bono's like the oh, nicest guy. Oh, that guy's like, just like, what do you want, mate? From me, when dude? have I ever like, failed you? Really? How many world championships like, have we won together? Seriously, yeah. like and, little and faith he, now. He probably will win another world championship this year, and he will get Schumacher's record. Yeah. But still, look. Dude, stop being fake humble and actually be humble. Fucking settle yeah, down. I mean, I mean <laughs> there it is. I mean, you look at a guy like you look at a guy like Valtteri, who's I think he's driven really well this year. Um, I think his qualifying results have been stellar against a really fast. We know really, Lewis can qualify. We know we know how good the guy is behind a yeah. car. Um, unfortunately, it's this off track stuff that sorry, not off track because we're not going to talk about that because. You're just not going to get that from Oz F1. You can get that everywhere else except here. <laughs> but we're talking about his, the way he carries on about the racing and the things that go on 
off track but still within a racing capacity. And every chance he gets, he fails and acts like a child mm. in every interview. Yeah. Oh, woe is me. How tough is life? It's just, dude, shut up. Yeah. yeah. Suck it up. Move on. You're a man. You're yeah. earning how much how much you're ever earning. You've got six world championships, 90 wins. You're, you're probably going to win another couple. Yeah. Just give it some perspective. Oh, yeah. God, well, just, Oz F1, the yeah. opinion is that uh, Lewis Hamilton, great driver, just needs to sort his life out and stop complaining. Bono, you make the world go round, my man. Oz oh, F1 loves you. He's a star. He's a star. And yes. that whole team yeah. is uh, superstars. Uh, incredible. There's like yeah. a thousand of them. Fantasy. 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 Well, that's the race recap. Uh, again, Russia, boring. Please, FIA, do something useful. Remove the track from the calendar next year. And I'd even just keep Magello. Magello was more interesting. I know we had two red flags, but I'm just done with Russia. Uh, find anything else. You guarantee a red flag for Magello every year. I mean, yeah. We didn't see Putin. We didn't see Putin this year. Either. That's two years in a row. Oh, last year. Yeah. That's just a Just the KGB on stage. Uh, Where's the hat? What the hat? <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the Fantasy League because uh, I've picked out some of the best names uh, and unfortunately we've got some results for the three of us. We'll get to that in just a second. Am I that I low? Yeah. I haven't checked it in long. I know. Well, as I, I said, uh, with my Fantasy League team, uh, Lance Stroll was my turbo driver and I turboed my <laughs> team into the ground when he got knocked out by Charles Leclerc. <laughs> but some best team names that have been updated uh, – uh, since we last spoke, boys, uh, Jay Moore, I was saying boo, not oh. Boo words. <laughs> uh, gently strolling towards another upgrade into the wall by Dave Mills. <laughs> Love that. For what? Good. By A Block. I have to say that like that because that's Good. exactly what Kimmy did. And my least oh, favourite, Campy for Premier, Hayden Phillips. All right. Oh, let's oh, see. Hayden. Just. Who is it? H. Harry H. Phillips. Harry Phillips. My apologies. No, Harry Phillips. Hayden. H. Phillips. Uh, listen, this go- this is going into the same line as uh, Campy sexiest voice in Formula One. Okay, or president. With well, that's, I mean, uh, to be honest, I, that would be interesting. There would be no hotel quarantine. Every it would just be everyone would be running wild with uh, <laughs> big like the R. M. Williams bull bars and all that sort of other stuff going oh, around. Oh, you That's not what the, I the do. number the top. Three, but if the, I would like to use Oz F1 as my political platform, I oh, think. yeah, good luck to you. <laughs> all the people who listen. Vote. Um, I'll do a better job than the dickhead in charge at the moment. I'll guarantee you, have you no that. argument from me there, mate. Uh, the top three currently, as standings are in the Oz F1 Fantasy League, uh, in first is Stick It to Him, Sergio R. Moxley with 2042 points. Oh, he's jumping. He's, he's all ahead there. Back up. I was saying Bernardo J. Moore is coming second with 2030 and Santiago team number one, S. Schill. Uh, mate, you keep uh, popping around the top three with 1,930. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, this really hurts me to say, Campy, you're winning out of the three of us. <laughs> Bollocks. Yeah, you're, you're ahead of me by about 26 points and I'm very, oh. very, very, very annoyed by that. Um, what position am I? Uh, you're in 20th and I'm in 21st. I've really, I've really messed it up. Uh, the good news is I haven't messed up as I much as Tommy T, who's in 50th. You're telling me that not doing anything hasn't win, made Oh, win. no, I'm ignoring that team because that's <laughs> really ahead of where you actually are. He's just, just <laughs> one is there. Uh, if you want to join in, look, you just just join the, the Fantasy League and change your just name. Just for the name. Just for the name. That's that's what we really want. We're loving You might that. even beat yeah. me because I'm in 
fifty out of sixty-two. <laughs> that's that's true. With a I'm couple going of for right, the wooden spoon. I reckon get, I can a, do get it. some of those mega and turbos. But look, guys, oh. uh, keep changing the names. Uh, I see what you're doing. Love it, uh, boys. A couple of shout-outs to some people. Uh, and look, if you engage with us regularly through Instagram DMs or via Twitter, thank you. Like we genuinely appreciate it. We love uh, speaking with you. Um, if you uh, leave us a review too, we love that as well. And I uh, just want to shout out to uh, that soccer guy via Apple Podcasts in the US. He's left us five stars saying great re- recaps, always entertaining and a good laugh. That might not be the case. Two thumbs up when he sees our faces <laughs> as yeah, we do I'm, the review. Got a head for radio. You do. <laughs> we might just go back to audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also want to shout out to Mikey on Instagram, Chris and Connor as well, boys. Uh, thank you for, for reaching out to us. And via Twitter, Jess, Mark, Dave, and Glenn. Uh, honestly, really appreciate you guys interacting with us over the race weekends and me oh, tweeting uh, and some people disagreeing with me. That's great. It just means that I'm more correct than you are and you just have to get over it. That's, that's Twitter. Ignorance, Jim. Ignorance. That's very true. Uh, boys. If you're, on it, if you're on Twitter, you're probably ignorant. <laughs> this is my camp. He's not on Twitter. Uh, hey, it's, it's been great to do this with you via video. We're going to the Nürburgring in two weeks, though, boys. I'm very excited oh. to get that track back on that can replace Russia uh, I'm looking forward yeah, to it surely. it's anything uh, replace Russia and I'm glad that we're not going back to Hockenheim that's uh, this is this is a better time for us uh, but look it's been awesome it's been awesome to do this with you if you enjoyed this uh, please subscribe uh, and if you're listening to this in audio you can see us on YouTube head across all the details will be below in the description Campy Tommy T your beautiful beautiful faces for radio it's been a pleasure to do it with you <laughs> all the music is, B, is by on top as well. Big thank you to those boys. Uh, guys, Jeez, we'll nice. see you in two weeks in Germany. Well. See you then. So, Campy, if you if you wouldn't mind, um, we'll just do a three, two, one, and then just do a, a visual and then in front of the microphone clap so I can have a recording point for all three of us. Cool, man. Cool, ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> Dude, that looked like fucking kids in primary school. Uh, that was oh. Good morning, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> I think that has to go at the start. <laughs> That's the best thing ever. Well, we're going to have so much extra footage at the end. It's going to be really great. Sports Social Podcast Network.